Welcome, everyone, to... Oh, we didn't come up with the word we're going to use. No, Episode you had edition. one job. What have you been doing since uh, the last time we met? Oh my, my gosh, goodness. so much stuff. You've been sitting around not doing anything. You should have oh, been thinking yeah. of a word. I should have. All right, let's. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. Yeah, that's, that's good. right. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Revcast. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Bree, and we are glad you could join us this week. Uh, and what a week it's going to be. We uh, we made it through our first Sunday in Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had the uh, I had the opportunity for the first time in two years to stand in front of a live congregation of people on a Sunday morning in person and say, "As you are able, please stand and join us in singing." Isn't that phenomenal? Oh, I you know. I knew it was going to feel good, but I didn't know it was going to feel that good. That's amazing. To be able, the just just the the familiarity of that, and and there was there was like palpable excitement yeah. from that. Um, and and we don't have a bulletin right now. We're not running a bulletin. We just do stuff on the screen. Uh, and usually that first uh, song or hymn is just one song or hymn. Uh, but because we knew this was happening, uh, Randy, our music director, put in two praise songs, uh, and we finished the first one, and like everybody automatically sits down. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're doing one more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that was that was that was really really good. Well, I was glad that we have been running bulletins at my church because we had no power on Sunday. Yeah, we lost power early Sunday morning, and it was past the point of no return when it came to canceling service. And so we uh, we used hymnals. Do y'all remember hymnals? Whoa. It turns out they printed the words to the hymns in books. <laughs> And you can use you those know, books to sing the songs. Technology is wonderful until the power goes out. Yes, we had it was a it was a blessed morning. It was a very different feeling. Um, it actually was kind of nice because we encouraged everyone to sit near the front. I mean, we roped off the pews so that everyone had to sit near the front. <laughs> um, and it just there was a sense of community and a sense of calm that you don't necessarily have when all the bells and whistles are there. We could hear the roof creaking in the Ooh. wind, which was a little bit nerve wracking. Yes, yeah, so we lost power. Uh, some places in this area, we lost power because of because the of wind. high winds. Yes, very very high winds. High enough that a section of our fence at home uh, blew over. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is becoming a familiar theme in parsonages for us. We have not had good luck with parsonages and fences. No. Uh, good fences do not make good parsonages, or, or bad fences. Do good I'd, parsonages don't make good fences. I don't know. I don't know. All right. But. Uh, so here we are. We are uh, heading into week two of Advent. Tons of That's things. Lent. Lent. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sweetie. Oh, honey. You know, <laughs> here, here, is, here, is, here is the bad part, is I am already thinking ahead to Advent. I believe it. Um, it is, and and I know you know this because your your previous church you had staff and other people and all those those things where you've um, got to do your planning have, so that everyone else can do I have theirs. To think so stinking far ahead. You're not used to that. You're used to the oh. one man show where you can call an audible on Saturday night and change everything for Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, and I think that's a good thing for the most part. 
Um, cause I remember there would be, uh, there would, and when we were in Ipsy, there would be, uh, Thursday nights where I get like this great idea for, uh, a tangible thing I could hand the congregation as they leave. And like, and, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, can I get it here fast enough? Can I do that? You know, <laughs> uh, now I have to think ahead a little bit more. Yes. Um, and uh, a couple of things that, that, uh, happened at, uh, at Trinity this week that were very, um, not unique because I know a lot of churches did things, but but were were special that I thought were were fairly uh, moving. Um, one of the things we did, uh, and you, you saw me sit, sit here and pack uh, these little packs of sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. I made a hundred little packs of sunflower seeds with about ten sunflower seeds in each, with a little card about praying for Ukraine. Uh, sunflower is like a major export for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And so made these up so people could take them and plant them and, and let it be a prayer and a reminder every time they see it. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, I'm thinking, okay, that's that's what we're going to do. That's great. Uh, Randy, our, our music director, uh, watched Saturday Night Live, uh, and their cold open was a Ukrainian choir singing a song, Prayer for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I thought he was going to do just the English version of this choral piece. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He sang it in Ukrainian. Wow. Um, and where he was singing from was right behind where I was sitting, and I got the full force of it, and it was amazing. Mm. Uh, and the choir was supporting it with kind of the the, the background uh, ooze and things like that that choirs do that kind of lift things. It was so nice. Um, and then uh, a last-minute audible from uh, our amazing accompanist, uh, Jane, uh, was uh, as a postlude. Uh, we played, she played on the organ the Ukrainian national anthem. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a very moving Sunday. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for that, very grateful for the talented people. And, and if that, you know, if I help them do their bit by thinking ahead to Advent in the middle of Lent, you know, jeez, <laughs> I knew great. it. I knew it was gonna happen. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say Advent. I knew it. Oh, right. anyway, we uh, we we did not do all of those things, but we did comment. Um, there was uh, something going around online last week about when you show up at church and you want to complain about things. Yeah, just remember that in Ukraine they're gathering in subway stations and yes. bomb shelters to have church and. Uh, how blessed we are. And so we made some comments that uh, it really was appropriate to have us Very be thrown so, out of yeah. our routine and and have a little bit of, a, of an experience of, we call it our wilderness experience because that was our theme this right. week. That may be some unintentional solidarity right there. Yes, but. yes. I did say when I got up to preach, I said, so when you hear the sermon, you're going to think that I did this on purpose to throw you into an uncomfortable place well, or, or it, things were stripped away. And I didn't I promise and it just worked out that way. What's funny is I got to watch part of a service from a United Methodist Church in Ukraine. Oh wow. That was able to meet and live stream from Kiev uh this last Sunday. So <laughs> you were here no power couldn't couldn't do the the electronic pieces but they were able to. So yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool. Uh if any of you listening are interested in helping uh, with uh, with uh, relief efforts in Ukraine, uh, I want to encourage you to go to uh, UMCOR. Uh, that's the United Methodist Committee on Relief. Their web page. You can just Google uh, UMCOR or United Methodist Committee on Relief, and you'll find uh, they have lots of things 
um, going on. And the great thing about UMCOR is that uh, when you donate for a crisis, every last penny goes to that crisis. Yeah. Um, in the in the United Methodist Church, we have one day a year set aside that is specific giving from the churches uh, that goes to cover all of the administrative costs for UMCOR so that every last bit during a crisis goes where it needs to go. Yeah. Uh, and I was uh, I was communicating with uh, with a friend of ours who who works uh, at UMCOR today who uh, is telling me they have already uh, uh, given out a lot of grants to uh, churches and organizations in um, Ukraine uh, to help with with just survival at this point. Yeah. Um, and they're they're not like you have to repay us grants. It's just their their language for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So so if you want to help out with that, uh, track it out. And I'll throw a uh, a link to the UMCOR website in the uh, in the show notes. So excellent. Check that out. That's a great way to give. Yeah. So uh, here we are, second week of Lent, Lent. <laughs> and uh, and the lectionary kind of threw us a curveball. It really did. This could be a very interesting show. So, so, so the Sunday before Lent begins is Transfiguration Sunday. Yes. Okay. Um, but we didn't preach Transfiguration Sunday. We were no, we, we were, were in Hamilton, so yes. we were talking about that. Different transformation. Um, and so when I was planning six months ago, I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing Transfiguration Sunday on Transfiguration Sunday, so I could do the lectionary for this week is Transfiguration. Again, Again. which is really weird. Yeah, but I'm like, I didn't do it then. Okay, I can do it now. But it just doesn't feel right in Lent. It feels weird to talk about Jesus' glory being revealed in this dazzling and overpowering way when you're in Lent. So so they give us us two gospel uh, options. options. Uh, The first is um, the transfiguration, and the second uh, is a little bit later uh, in Luke, uh, and it is uh, Jesus' lament over Jerusalem. One of Jesus. One of Jesus laments over, over Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Uh, and it's and it's kind of a fun one. Like I read this and I'm like, oh, this this is kind of a fun give and take here, but I have a feeling this is going to be a hard one for us to preach yeah. or or find find the way to to communicate this well. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's read it and uh, and see where we go and maybe maybe we'll get some ideas as we uh, as we run through this. Do you want to read today? Sure. All right. So we're in Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, this is the gospel for us this week. Who dog it? So, um... 
Yeah. So the, this this starts out. I want to. I'm 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 building this something real quick here. So, but it starts out with the Pharisees coming to Jesus and saying, "Get away from here! Herod wants to kill you." And Jesus says, "Go and tell that fox for me." <laughs> so uh, we have a, a friend who's a pastor just south of here. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Hurd. Uh, she's uh, Caledonia. And on her Facebook today, she wrote, she has a little dialogue. Pharisees, Jesus, get out of here. Herod wants to kill you. Jesus, I really don't give a fox. <laughs> 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 and like, I saw that and I, I'm, oh, I, I, I don't think I can work that into That'd a sermon. That would be hard to use in the sermon. Uh, but that would be fun if we could figure that out. You can tell there are other clergy out there wrestling with the oh, same scripture. Oh, very much this so. Very much. And and also not wanting to do the transfiguration in twice in the same. Yes. Twice and, in three weeks. Yeah. So. So uh, here here we are. Um, just just a little bit of of where Jesus is at because um, I had to go and I'm like I just. I got to geo geolocate where Jesus is, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard. You have to go back a where few chapters where he is in the story, where he is, where he is, where physically. He is physically in the story, and so because okay, are these Pharisees from Jerusalem? Are they? You know, who are they? Who are these guys? And uh, so we look. You got to go back a little ways, but you you realize he is uh, in and around Galilee. Um, and getting ready to head to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. like kind of the the path he's taking is is through Jerusalem. And leading up to this, from the Transfiguration, which takes place in Galilee, uh, that's how we figure out uh, where Jesus is, because there's no clues otherwise. There's Transfiguration, and then Jesus starts this series of teachings and sends out the seventy and all of this stuff. So he's in 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 and around Galilee, uh, heading towards getting ready to head towards Jerusalem um, and some Pharisees come up and this is this is the weird part for me oh there's lots of weird I mean, there's parts lots of weird today, parts, but go but, ahead but the the biggest the biggest weird part for me is the Pharisees who have not liked Jesus like canonically mm-hmm. uh, we have canonically we have one Pharisee who likes Jesus. Uh, and that is Nicodemus. And he likes Jesus secretly yes. at nighttime. Well, that sounds wrong. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, there's symbolism there's there symbolism to coming there. Yes, in the darkness yes, yes. and the shadows and not wanting to be seen in the light of day as a follower of Jesus. Right. That was what I that, intended yes. to convey <laughs> in shorthand. Nicodemus and Jesus in secret at night, yeah. Ooh. Yes, that's a different movie. I think that's going to be the uh, the title of this oh, episode. Great. Uh, <laughs> I think episode not. episode eighteen, the the one with uh, Jesus and Nicodemus in the nighttime. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so anyway, anyway, the uh, the the piece that, that this this is just so weird that this happens that there is a death threat and these guys want Jesus off the board. Yeah. Um, and and very very shortly we realize they don't care how, but at this point right here right now, uh, they're warning Jesus to get away. Well, to get away because because Herod wants to kill them. Now, this is, may be is it a legitimate threat? Do you think, or is it well? So because doesn't Herod try to wash his hands and get out of killing Jesus? Yeah. So here's here's here's. Like where my head's going right now, and folks, this this really is the sausage being made right here, because uh, we we I haven't whiteboarded this. This is just 
stream of we consciousness very kind much of stuff. Off the cuff, it's early in the week because it's a busy week, and this yeah. is our slot to record. So, Neither one of us has any idea yeah. what we're doing. So, so here's here here's uh, just a context clue for me. Uh, their message isn't uh, "Run and hide, Jesus." Herod wants to kill you. It's "Get away from here," for Herod wants to kill you. And if we remember uh, Herod the Great. Uh, the original Herod, who was uh, uh, ruling when Jesus was born, um, we we have uh, early on in the Gospels a slaughter of the innocents. Mm-hmm. So Herod sends soldiers to go and kill all children under two years of age um, because the, he wants to make sure he gets Jesus, and Jesus is already long gone. Um, so there may be, maybe there's this like. If Herod comes here and finds Jesus, we're gonna get some some backsplash on the on the violence. Um, you think so? So, so it, well, it, the it, violence came because he didn't know where Jesus was. You would think yeah. if Herod well, uh, genuinely is, wants is, to kill Jesus, and, but this isn't Herod the Great. This is this is another Herod. Yeah, but you're um, trying to make parallels here. I know what I'm saying is 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 they may think. Um, they, they just they, want him to go somewhere else before the hit is carried out. Not before in the our hits, backyard. before the hits carried, not in our backyard. Uh, more of the "Were you harboring Jesus?" kind of thing, uh, or like they could be seen to like Jesus if that he's Jesus is in. There. I don't know. But don't you think that by warning Jesus, that comes across as seeming like you yeah, like Jesus? But I mean, it's it's not like they wrote it out or took out a billboard. Well, it clearly was public enough that it ended up in the gospel. Touche. Thank you. Anyway, it's still a weird thing. It's a very weird it's thing. It's a weird thing where the Pharisees are, at least on the surface, looking out for Jesus' well-being. Or making up a plot to try to get him to leave their area and leave their turf. Yeah. Oh, that could be too. Which oh, that's 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 a little more uh, that's a little more sneaky. That is. I like it. So, uh, in Jesus, Jesus' response, um, man, I'm I'm interested in what the original language says here. Go and tell that fox. Go and tell that fox, because I have a feeling. I bet it says fox. I don't know. I am. Yeah, you're probably right. It's not like garbage where there's lots of uh, euphemisms that. Uh... Yeah, that's true. All right. So, but anyway, <laughs> it, it's. It, it it is it is not uh, it it's not a nice uh, nice response from Jesus. You don't think that being called a fox in the first century was a compliment? No, man, he's such a fox. No, I you know now I I, I would take that as a compliment, I guess, but <laughs> not that I've ever received that compliment. But I'm just saying, in in first century, that would have been uh, that would not have been a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so he says, go and tell that fox for me, listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, so on that third day, I must be on my way. I have to go, because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. We make it that. Well, you think of what Jerusalem was intended to be as this holy city, this place where... 
you can get as close to God as you can get on earth, the place where the temple is, the place where the Holy of Holy is, the place where people come to worship, where people come, at least in theory, to set aside their differences, to, to find sanctuary. And I think there's a genuine lament there that, that Jesus is saying, that's not what you're known for. You're known for, for killing your prophets. Yeah. You're not known as this shining city on the hill that... Uh, that is witnessing to truth and justice and the is is, is real <laughs> yes. light way. I don't know <laughs> that kind of got away from me there. Wow. <laughs> um, but the 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 godly way, the way that uh, is in opposition to how all of the other cities operate, to how all of the other kingdoms yeah. operate. But you have fallen in. There's. I talked on Sunday about um, Manna and Mercy, which is one of my favorite retellings of the scripture story by Daniel Erlander. Um, it's just fabulous. It's almost like a comic book. Um, but, but he talks about the way of, of the pyramid. He uses the pyramid for the symbol, right? Where you have a few people on top who have all of the power mm-hmm. and then those at the bottom who do all of the work, essentially, have none of the benefits. And that pyramid being shored up on the one side by religious might and on the other side by military might. And that that is what you saw in Egypt, which is where that originates. But that's what you see again and again being reproduced, even among the Hebrew people, even in Israel, even where God works so hard, takes 40 years in the wilderness to teach them a different way of living. But that's what you see. And so when I hear Jesus lamenting, Jerusalem, the, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. I, I think of how Jerusalem has become what it was meant to stand against. And mm. and it makes me think, again, making the sausage here, um, <laughs> how are we as the church complicit? How do we become that which we are meant to stand as an alternative to, in opposition to, when it comes to the way that the world works? Do we just reproduce that pyramid structure do we play our role in shoring up the powerful and the wealthy and and ignoring those on the bottom or do we truly model that upside down kingdom Mm -hmm. where those on the bottom are those who are actually meant to be on the top or those who are the most precious and the most valuable and the ones we need to be listening to and looking out for um and right, that's what the prophets did is they would come to recall people to that way of life when when the nation wandered away from how God intended them to live, when the nation forgot what they learned in the wilderness, the prophets would come and call them back to faith. And it was a dangerous job to do because it is, you're challenging the status quo. You're challenging those structures and the people on top like it because it's working well for them. And they're the ones that have the religious power and they're the ones that have the Mm. military might. So it's very, very dangerous to come as a prophet, which is why... You see this lament for all these prophets who met their end in, of all places, in Jerusalem, which should be the place that is a haven for prophets, that is sending out prophets, that is Mm -hmm. trying to speak the truth to the world. Um, I think that is a lot of what breaks Jesus' heart um, as he he laments over Jerusalem. In this case, he laments over Jerusalem again later in the gospel, um, 
that's on that's he he alludes to that today he says you won't Jerusalem won't see me again until they say blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord right which is which is Palm pr- Sunday Palm the Sunday, triumphal yeah. entry and on his way into Jerusalem he stops to weep over no, Jerusalem again no after the triumphal entry I I, I just looked it's a triumphal entry and then that night he goes back he goes uh, back goes part back. way out of yeah. the city and laments all right fair enough yeah but he does he laments over the city again. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is. It is going to be a job of work this week to to figure out um, how how this is uh, exactly going to preach. But but there is there is this danger, and maybe maybe this is where we go. Um, there is this danger when when you speak truth to power, when you really are holding power accountable when you really are calling people out on their stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're right about the stuff you're calling them out on. Um, I know there have, there have been times in, in my life, mostly when I was younger, uh, but there have been times in my life if I get called out on something, I get angry. Mm-hmm. Like, angry, angry. Um, actually, tonight at dinner I was a little angry. Because you called me out. I did. You I did. You, you called me out, and I didn't like it, and I was going to get angry, except I thought about it, and you were right. Aww. I mean, it doesn't take much thinking to know you're right. But uh, so, so one of the one of my pet peeves, one of the things I get upset about, uh, is a lot of times I get talked over yes. uh, by by the kids. I'm having a conversation with another grown up. And Braley's not paying attention, and she just walks all over what I was saying, and, and you know, it happens. She's seven. I, I need to get over it, but, uh, but it just it happens so much. It it, it frustrates me, and so uh, tonight, I thought I was just having a conversation with Michaela, but apparently I stepped all over Braley twice in a row. Twice she in a row. She tried to jump into the conversation, and you just and, jumped right and in I, on top of her. And and you called me on it. Yep. Oh, and and I wondered how you reacted oh, to that. And like, I felt a vein on the side <laughs> of my neck start throbbing. I'm like, I don't do that a lot. That doesn't happen that much. But you were right, and that was fine. Um, but that, but there's that reaction, right? When when it, defensive, and it comes yeah. out as as this anger. But this is the thing. Uh. That's what the church is supposed to be. The calling outers. The calling outers. That's a great title for this sermon. The calling outers. No, uh, we we are supposed to to be that that religious check against power. That that piece that says you you really can't touch us. I mean, you can do stuff to us, but we have this faith and we have this hope, and it goes beyond whatever you have. And so when we see you acting unjustly, when we, we see you using uh, uh, power for, for not good things, especially like in the U.S. in a democracy where the power they're using is actually our power mm-hmm. uh, granted them, uh, then we're supposed to say something. We're, we're, yeah, this, is really, this, is, this is a deep dive, right? But okay. um, way, way back, like... When I was eighteen, 
Okay. Maybe 19. Oh, gosh. 40, in, 50 years ago. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> in in Bible college, my super evangelical days, um, and I probably still have this book somewhere, but there was a there was a, a evangelical preacher named Don Gordy who uh, put together a book uh, called Notes from the Margins of an Old Preacher's Bible. And it was just the notes from the margins of his Bible. It was it was really it was really quite cool um, at the time, and I st- it's like a curiosity now because I think I still have it. But one of the things that uh, I saw in there that that this this connects to my mind is, is uh, and I don't know what scripture he wrote it for. I'll have to go look. But he said the problem with Christians is that nobody wants to kill them anymore. Mm. Um, our our prophetic voice has become so in tune, in harmony with with what power wants. Hmm. Uh, that that the powers, especially U.S. powers, they don't want to mess with us. They they can Christians are fairly easy. It appears to uh, to manipulate in some in some areas, in some instances, and so so yeah, people. Uh, we we have to make up persecution to make mm-hmm. us, you know. Oh, war on Christmas! No, that's not persecution. But uh, yeah, so so I'm wondering if if maybe that's that's kind of an angle here that we do we we need to do more in terms of of calling out the evil that we see. Mm. Yeah, within 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 the power structures that govern us. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that there is within this anger that Jesus feels, this frustration. I don't know what, uh, what, what yeah, I'm going to go with anger. He he says, go and tell that fox for me. And he, uh, I think, is angry that Jerusalem kills the prophets. But then he shifts gears into this, this compassionate place. Yeah. How, how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Um, even in that righteous indignation, even in that frustration, there is this, this underlying compassion, this sense of mercy that goes alongside with the justice. Um, and I think they need to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if we lean too far on on justice with no mercy, we get ourselves in trouble. If we lean too far on mercy with no justice, we get ourselves in trouble. With the trick is to figure out how to how to have both. I think um, it makes me think of a part of the the struggle in Methodism is to walk that middle way between grace and works, right? Yep where we're, we're saved fully by God's grace, not by anything we do, but God sure gives a darn about what we do and how we live. And so we try to walk with that both and, um, trying to walk in a way that is calling for justice and also calling for mercy at the same time, and even having mercy on those who commit the injustice, um, even having mercy on those you know, who may be at the top of the pyramid, you know, that was hard to do. If I have a regret from Sunday, this okay. last Sunday... We had very much a good, a good focus, a good, good talk, good discussion, all, all this stuff on, on supporting Ukraine, which is important. But the thing we forgot to do, the thing I'm, I'm kicking myself for right now, is we forgot to pray for Russia. Yeah. Um, because by, 
by all accounts that I'm seeing, most of the Russian Russian soldiers don't really know why they're there. Don't necessarily want to be there. Um, the Russian people, by and large, uh, have been fed nothing but propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, those who have protested have been arrested. Um, there's there's a lot going on there too. Yeah. Uh, and while you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do any. Uh, it's 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 tough for me to convince myself to uh, pray nicely for Vladimir Putin. Um, it's still one of those things we need to do. Yeah. Pray, um, for, pray for those who yeah. persecute you. It is. It it like there's there's real cognitive dissonance in my head about it. Yeah. Um. But but it's but it's truth. It's it's part of what we what we need to be doing is loving our enemies. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and in this case, yeah, we want to support and send aid and do what we can, uh, for Ukraine. Uh, but we also need to, to remember that there is, there is a, uh, a cost being paid, uh, in blood by, uh, blood and grief by the Russian people who, who really don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. That is that is another tragedy in all of this. It really is. Yeah. So you have to preach it in half an hour. What are you preaching? Oh my goodness! Um, I'm probably going to stand up and complain about it for a while, kind of like we started <laughs> out here. Um, I don't know. I think. If I had to preach it right now, it would be what Jerusalem has meant to be and what Jerusalem has become um, and what the church is meant to be and what the church has become. Where do we need to hear that? That's mine. You're stealing it. Where do we need to no, hear that uh, that prophet's voice, not just as us standing and being the prophets calling out injustice and evil, but recognizing it in ourselves, realizing we may be the ones who need to be called out. Yeah. Well, and this is this is. I mean, and I the, believe that was my point earlier yeah, in the discussion. You can go I back know. in the tape. <laughs> I know, I know. Tape no, kids is what we used to use to record <laughs> things uh, before everything went digital. Uh, but there, no, there, there is this. I, I like that juxtaposition of what Jerusalem was supposed to be, what the church is supposed to be, um, and this is this is the thing is if. If we're following Jesus on this path, Jesus is is set. He is set on Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pharisees are are trying to warn him, uh, and he says, "Herod, you fox, you foxy devil, <laughs> just wait a couple days, and I'm gonna be there, boy. Um, you know, and 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 when I do, people are gonna be saying, "Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord." Um, that that foreshadowing of that triumphal entry, um, but also f- fully acknowledging and aware in this telling of the story um, that he knows where that blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord is going to end. Yeah, um, it's going to end uh, on a cross and in a tomb and then a resurrection. But there's there's there's, there's it's going to end in resurrection. But there are steps to get there that are difficult to to take. Um, and that's that. I think that's that's a good message for us. Is 
how how often do we get do we get caught up on not wanting to do the difficult things hmm. um or we don't even want to do the easy things right we don't people don't want to wear the masks people don't want to get the vaccine people are upset because gas prices are higher well whenever there's a conflict anywhere in the world like this gas prices go higher mm-hmm. it's not joe biden playing with the dials and and making it go higher uh so so it is it is this uh and people are unwilling uh, or upset about having to pay a little more money because of the sanctions mm-hmm. that that restrict some of the oil and uh people people are less willing these days to to make those sacrifices like we will say hey we want you to do something about russia okay we do sanctions and it's by 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 a lot of markers it's working um at least it's making things difficult there for for uh uh the president the russian president but um but those things also have an effect on us and when we find out what that effect is we tend to get upset about it mm-hmm. um but the reality is if we want to to put sanctions to do things to 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 help um, we have to be willing to to pay the extra for gas yeah. uh, and do so knowing that we may be paying extra for gas and it may be going into the pockets of oil companies and and that's all I don't like that but but it is the economic response to what we're doing in the world yeah. and and that is part of that uh, that sacrifice there we don't we 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 like the idea of things being done or or things being stopped or things happening but we don't we don't like it when it when it affects us when it costs us um and that's uh, that's a piece we need to we need to remember in all this is as jesus is uh, is lamenting over jerusalem this thing that it's supposed to be as jesus is maybe re- re- lamenting over the church and this thing that it was supposed to be um that thing that it's supposed to be um is it, it has a sacrificial component to it, mm. um, and if we don't remember that, if if we don't think that's coming, then when it does, uh, we just get blindsided and upset and mad at God uh, and mad at life, and instead of understanding that that part of loving people, part of loving the world around us, part of doing what we are called to do, is gonna mean sacrifice and risk and hurt um and that's that's like it or not it's kind of part of what we sign up for yeah you meandered a bit i did yeah so boil that down to uh to the bottom line for me uh bottom line for us to be who we are supposed to be as the church in the world, specifically in the United States, even more specifically uh, in uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, to do what we are called to do, a big part of that is is resisting evil, injustice, and oppression, in whatever forms they present themselves. And resisting is going to cost us, yeah. and we have to be ready and willing to pay that cost.
Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we actually stick to this scripture for for Sunday. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think worship plans are in. At least mine are. So uh, mine are too. Um, yeah, but uh, sometimes it's possible to use the scripture as a jumping off point and then lean on other scriptures that's true. and stories along the that's, way. That's that's also very true. Yes, we may we we may just we may just touch on this one and then go. So this is a story about Jesus. Let me tell you some other stuff about (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Oh, fantastic! All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe—all of those things. Uh, They help get uh, through the algorithms. Uh, But until next time, I'm Pastor Mike. I'm still Pastor Green. uh, God loves you. (laughs) There's nothing anyone can do about it. We love you too. Yeah, we love you too. (laughs) Peace.